You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Welcome, everybody, back to the Ones Ready Podcast. You're here in the team room with us, the team, Brian, Trent, Peaches, and, of course, myself, Aaron. Today, we're going to get into something that you can apply across, not military, not just assessment and selection wine, but throughout your entire life. How do you get along with that boss? What's the relationship like? We're going to talk about officer and enlisted relationships, specifically in the pipeline and furthering your career, but this can be applied to anybody if you have a boss that's one step higher than you? How do you engage with that supervisor and make sure that your relationship is good and that you guys are getting towards that final mission or whatever goal it is that you guys have as an organization? First, we want to thank everybody that we has helped, helped us to get where we are right now, and that's all of you first, for listening to the podcast, for following us at One's Ready on the Instagram account, for going to the website at onesready.com and checking out what we got there. Keep going. S- subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us that rating. Give us that review if you like what we're doing. And of course, engage us across any one of the social media platforms. Come to us. Let us know. We don't have a Twitter yet. Maybe we'll start a Twitter. Like maybe we'll start a poll. I don't know what I would tweet out daily about ones ready. But hey, man, it seems to be all the rage with the kids. No TikToks though. No, that's where we're we're drawing the line at TikToks. You don't want to dance? <laughs> no, absolutely not. We're drawing a line at TikTok. Trent can that's sing, it. Though. So. We'll <laughs> and as always, if you as always, if you need some extra energy for the day, man, go hit up Strikeforce Energy. Use the code Ones Ready at checkout to let them know that we sent you over there. They've been a friend of the podcast this entire time, and out of the goodness of their hearts, they've decided to give you a discount for using their sweet product. Again, Strikeforce Energy. Go check them out at StrikeforceEnergy.com and enter the code Ones Ready at checkout and uh, let them know that you by supporting them, support us in this podcast. So let's get down to it. You're going to be at assessment selection, whether you're a Stowe, a Crow, a PJ, a TAC P guy, a combat controller, and you're going to have a boss on your team. You're going to have bosses at the schoolhouse. You're going to have eight bosses, Bob. We all have eight bosses. <laughs> but the real question here is somebody that you're shedding those blood, sweat, and tears right next to, you're almost drowning every day. You're almost failing on those push-ups doing grass and gorillas. You can't go one step further on your ruck. You look to support to the guy on your left or the female on your right, and that person might be your boss. So what does that relationship look like? Well, in the words of uh, you know Chief Master Sergeant Colin Lopez, if you want to fly with the eagles, you can't hang out with the turkeys. So you're going to make sure that you make that relationship as best as you possibly can but how do you do it when there's those those lines especially officers and enlisted so man i'm gonna i'm gonna start out hot i'm gonna go straight straight to peaches can you explain explain what is the officer's role on any team so this and 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 of course this could be a boss in the civilian world but but what is the officer's role on a team like what are their responsibilities is there a difference between charge and command i'll just tee it up for you and, and let you go So I see it as there is definitely a difference between in charge and command. The officers are in command. Like that, that is, they have, there are certain authorities provided to them that put them in command. So they are able to make those decisions. Now, when we talk about who's actually in charge, I'm sure there are some people out there would absolutely disagree with everything that I'm going to say, but. Um, and, I, and I know haters. that I, there's I know always the haters peach. I know there's comments they're just going to be like <laughs> you're out of your mind you know but um, <laughs> but at least in a team perspective your senior NCOs 
are the ones that are in charge because they are the ones that are going to take that intent from that officer and then execute it. That officer doesn't need to necessarily say, hey, this is the way that you're going to do it and this is the way I want it done, unless it, it's gotta be something very particular. Other than that, as a senior NCO, I should just be getting what the intent is and what the end goal is, and then, hey, I'm moving out. Whether I'm moving out on my own or I'm moving out and I'm taking the team with me and we're, we're executing this and getting it done. That's where, that's where the whole in charge and in command comes from for me. I see an officer's role as being, like we always like to say, up and out. So that officer needs to be heads up, focusing on future things, incoming things that are coming in and out and think about big picture stuff. Whereas as a senior NCO or an enlisted guy, I'm looking down and in, as in I'm looking after the guys, I'm taking care of the guys, I'm ensuring the guys are trained correctly, I'm sure the guys are equipped correctly. Anything that they need to support them their family, their training, their deployment requirements, anything like that, that is all on me or whoever that senior NCO or even, you know, some at, N, uh, not at NDOC, at ANS, you're not going to have a senior NCO, so they're going to be NCOs or even, you know, some senior airmen, some E4s that are, um, you know, prior service or cross trainees. They will also find themselves in charge and they need to be able to step up to that plate and execute that and go, okay, from, from the officers and the cadre that are at ANS, what's the intent? Okay, now I can execute it. And that, yeah. And that's, yeah. That's kind of like an important thing too that people don't realize. Like NCOs have their authority and have their, their power delegated to them from the officer. Like NCOs don't hold any, you don't hold any power on your own. You were delegated authority by your commander or, you know, if you're a, a senior airman that's taken over as a team leader at ANS, you're granted authority by the people at INDOC, eventually the officer at it, ANS or wherever it is that you are. And that's how you satisfy that intent, how you satisfy that commander's intent. It's no different in the civilian world. Your boss says, Hey, you're the assistant to the regional branch manager. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna even if it's even if it's assistant to the regional branch manager, you have power um, in that title and in that authority. So um, yeah, the up and out thing is always always a good one. If you you know up and out for the officer is is health, morale, and welfare. Is everybody healthy? How is the morale and then the welfare of the overall unit? And then down and in your men, weapon, and equipment. Your stuff like show times and equipment. You know all, all those other things um, that are that are kind of those those NCO things. Um, Brian, you're in a in a really really unique position where you're an enlisted guy, but now you're an officer. So you went over. Are you a, you're you're a little lieutenant, huh? I'm uh, not yet. Oh. I got another <laughs> another couple oh, no, months, and I'm still just. They make us wear this cadet rank while I'm in PA school right now. So I wear this wait, little like wait, weird wait. thing on my chest, and everyone's like, um, "I'm gonna need a you, picture of that." What is I this? I think we're all gonna need a <laughs> picture of so that. Yeah, I put it up. <laughs> I put it up on one of my stories when I graduated from phase one. But anyway, so I have this weird transition rank right now, where I really haven't <laughs> given, been given transition. any formal schooling as an officer or anything like that. So I'm still, okay. you know, just functioning as an enlisted guy. But they make me wear this weird rank, so people kind of just salute me out of. I guess they don't understand. Like they, they don't, don't want to yell. Yeah, they're just like pure confusion. Uh, I'm just like I don't okay, know I, if I should. Like I don't even know what I am either. So, um, <laughs> bottom line is though, I've uh, been in the you know in the military for 14 years now, and I've seen it evolve. And myself, my own uh, 
idea of what I see an officer as has kind of evolved. Uh, initially, I was kind of like, I'm never going to be an officer. You know, that whole enlisted mentality when you're going through indoc and you're like, that's never going to happen. Uh, I'm a sled dog for life, yeah, homie. All these crows and all these guys, like they're just yuppies that went to some college <laughs> place and you know, whatever. So with their, with their Sperry's and their pastel shorts. <laughs> exactly. Um, but in the military, obviously they paid for my school. They they're allowed me to become an officer. So, um, I'm going to take as much of that as I can and make sure that these people that are in the medical community get this enlisted type of leadership, as well as the type of officer leadership that I expect. And the big thing that I see for anybody and for myself, what I'm trying to, um, embody is that specific thing like Pete was talking about i'm going to be in command and i'm going to have that oversight of you know i just give the analogy of we're all in one ship and we're steering a ship the guy that's in command is the person that's looking out from the crow's nest or he's looking out and he can see what's going ahead and he's saying that's the direction i want to go and then he tells all the people that are working in the ship like this this is where I want to go. Just make it happen. They don't need to say like, I want you to turn the whatever this way. I want you to do this exactly like that. You just say, this is how we want it to go. And then the enlisted guys, like Pete was saying, who are in charge are going to say, Hey, you guys, you know, this is what I want you to do. And then you break it down from there to elements. And Here's stuff how like we that. need to row. Yeah, exactly. Right. As you're saying that, like the picture that I had in my mind, the, uh, the old painting of George Washington across the Delaware on Christmas Eve as he's looking like very manly and standing there. But what it actually looks like for you guiding that boat is when SpongeBob learns how to drive and gets his driver's license. I think. <laughs> Go that way, Mr. Krabs. Conflate SpongeBob and George Washington, like the, our first great yeah, military leader. Yeah, absolutely. The, the leader and almost king of America and the prince of America, which is SpongeBob. <laughs> okay. I just. Haven't you said? Good, good to know where we're at then. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome. This is what happens when you wake me up early to do podcasts. <laughs> I have weird ideas. So to, to get to get back on track, Brian. So what are some of the pitfalls that you're specifically going to avoid? So uh, you know that we we talked about. There's a, a distinct lane for each officer and enlisted. You know, kind of person. Like as you're making that transition, what are the things that you specifically want to avoid? Like, yeah, you want to be in command and you want to make sure that your NCOs are in charge. But what are you specifically like? I am not going to do this. So the biggest thing that I find and that some officers have lacked like throughout my career, um, micromanaging, obviously, like we're talking about the ship analogy, I don't want to be a person that's going to micromanage and just going to tell every single person exactly how you should do it. You've got to empower those guys that are going to be um, working with you and for you to come up with their own ideas, do their own kinds of schemes or however they're going to plan out the day, however they're going to plan out their meetings, let them actually talk and let them become their own leader because that's what we're doing is our job as leaders is to grow future leaders. And if we don't let guys that are in those positions take control and experience their own failures and come with their own ideas, then they're not going to grow as leaders. So we can guide them and show them the ways that we do it, the ways that we found as best practices. But overall, we have to let those people actually experience that failure or experience that success. If it's better than any idea that we could have come up with, then we tell them like, this is awesome. Good job. Keep on pushing forward. And you're motivating the entire team. Like you're making this way better than I could have probably even done it. So um, empowering the guys like that is huge. And then the second thing that I preach to all my dudes, whenever we go out to any of the events or at Indoc is 
you really have to get to know the person. And I'm not talking about like, everyone's going to say, Oh, an officer hanging out with an enlisted person, that's fraternization, whatever. It's a little bit different than the special operations community. How dare you? Yeah. You have to know the guy that you're working with inside and out. And you need to know when they're having a bad day. You need to know when they're having a good day, when they're on their peak performance time, because not everyone's going to be like constantly a hundred percent performing all the time. There's dips and valleys. So you need to know whenever that person is in that mode or that person's ready for work. You just need to know um, pretty much everything about them in order to actually get um, a productive relationship and take care of each other, especially when you get busy downrange. Got it. So they're peacocks. You got to let them fly yep. and make sure peaches, make sure peaches always has snacky snacks. Exactly. Snacks Boy, are the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't say that. Yeah. You have to have snacks at all time. Otherwise it, it, everything just collapses. It falls apart. Everything just complete cats and dogs living together. Worst parts of the Bible. I'm actually just seeing how many movie quotes and stuff I can slide into this one. We should have like a tracker. I'll put it on the YouTube video. How many, how many cliche quotes and uh, reference. Bing, 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 bing. Hey, that one was from the other guys. Well, Trent, so from the, from the other side of the coin here. So, you know, what in your opinion is like the most, the most important thing an enlisted guy can do to support that officer or, the, you know, even talk in civilian world, like a subordinate to boss or, or whatever, because we own, obviously, you know, the subordinates are the enlisted guys, what, whatever you're talking about. We own 50% of that relationship, right? So what can we do in order to support that officer? Well, I think so. We, we tend to give the officers a hard time, right? Because they'll show up on team and, and they're, they're, not, they're not the subject matter experts. And I think that developing that relationship with that officer is, is the biggest part and the honesty. Um, but when we have sayings that kind of lead us to the right way of doing things, we say things like, the team sergeant, it's his team, right? And it's not mm-hmm. really his team, but that's kind of to let people know, like, I'm, these are my bros. These are my guys. This is my this is what I do. I make all of this work for you, sir. Uh, but on the, the team sergeant side, it's uh, incumbent upon me to keep that feedback loop with my boss going 100% of the time. Um, and I think one of the reasons we give officers such a hard time in the beginning, uh, especially if they accidentally go down the road of trying to tell Staff Sergeant Snuffy uh, how to do his business, um, is because it's, it's not their job to do that. And, uh, you know, it's easy for them to, to delve into that a little bit. Um, but it's the team sergeant's job to be like, hey, sir, staff sergeant so-and-so knows what he's doing. This is my thing. Um, so you go up and out. Uh, but that staff sergeant will make fun of that officer maybe a little bit behind his back, not knowing that uh, all that <laughs> magic happens up above them that brings that goodness back down to the team that enables them to do their job. Uh, not sure mm-hmm. if I'm making sense right now. That, uh, no, you totally are. That is a huge thing, though, that we had to bring up also. Like, if you are a person that's an NCO and that's in charge, don't do that undermining, like Trent was saying. Oh, my gosh. Going behind their back. Kind Nothing of thing. more toxic to a team. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't completely undermine the guy that's going to go to war for you with the commander yep. to make sure that you get everything that you want. Like, that is, that is the most toxic thing that you can do in a team room. Yeah, but you got to – I think it – and it's, it's not just part of a team – Right. You're this is goes for essentially any organization that kind of has that that kind of structuring and organization. But um, that commander or that officer is one part of the team that NCO or senior NCO is the second part. If there's decisions that need to be made, they should be done together. Um, mm-hmm. they, they need to be talking, actively communicating, very transparent with each other. Um, and, and it almost that senior NCO or that NCO needs to be a, a sounding board 
against or not against but a sounding board for that officer to bounce things off of and a lot of times the the senior NCO and the enlisted guys they just have you know more technical experience or maybe they've been doing it longer than the officer and it's like hey sir or ma'am great idea you know but like maybe do it this way a little bit or here's why you like straight up no, I do, do not. I, do not I do that. Disagree <laughs> do with you one hundred percent. This is why. Um, yeah. But if that's done behind closed doors, which it should be, like there should be no bickering or discussion done in front of anybody else other than those two individuals. When that, when they come out of that office, they should be lockstep under the same thing. So, I mean, in the end, the officer can still go. This is the way we're doing it, and. And that's the way it's going to be done. And then me, I'm like, okay, roger that. And then when we walk yep. out, I'm given the the execution orders saying, hey, here's how we're doing it. That way, I'm the one taking the brunt of anything or and I can explain it. I would never, ever say, dude, this dude's beat. Can you believe he's making us do that? Can you imagine <laughs> how toxic that would be? Well, sometimes oh. yeah, you just so got to do what the officer tells you to do. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I distinctly remember like this is one of those one of those things where, um, you know, so very first very first mission on my, you know, my last deployment, I was we were in northeast uh, Afghanistan doing something. And uh, so we're we're we literally get a call. We're running up the hill and it's the first time that this young lieutenant is going to go out on a mission and we're running and we're like going back and forth. And uh as we get to the helicopter, I always sat on the right side of the helicopter for whatever reason. That was just always my spot. I always felt like I had the best vantage point. It was always better for me, whatever. So I got into the habit of sitting on the right. He gets all of his stuff. Like I, we get to the helicopter and I look and his stuff is on the right. And I was like, Hey, sir, I need you to sit on the left. He's like, no, I want to sit on the right. So in the heat <laughs> of the moment here, like we're fighting over seat preference, but it was one of those times <laughs> I where I was just shotgun. like, all right, fuck. All right, fine. Sit on the right side of. Sit on the right side. I hard asked him too. I was like, "Fine, sir." He was like, "Did you just put a hard S on that?" And I was like, "I said with all due respect." But it was it was one of those things. Like it was more it was more important for me in that relationship to be like, "Hey, he he's the officer. He gets to do what he wants. I'll sit on the left side of the aircraft. I'll go do this over here." You know, so um, it's a funny example and kind of like a one off. But you know, it's a relationship. You have to build that trust and that intimacy with one another, and you have to figure out like. Is this your lane? Is this my lane? How do you want me to handle it? You know, my job as an NCO is always to protect the officer. That's our entire job is protect the officer. Because if we get in trouble as a team, I'm probably going to get chewed out. And I've been chewed out before. Here we so, go. You know, it ain't, it ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the, the O is going to get fired. Like the O is going to get tuned up. Like they'll end, they'll end his career. And that's the burden, you know, the burden of command or the responsibility of having that authority. So you have to, you have to understand and internalize that as a command team. And I'm glad that you brought that up, but maybe, you know, like any other relationship, maybe you guys don't like each other very much and and you got to talk through it, but there's nothing better than having that, that mind meld sort of connection with your O where your O is about to say something and you're already doing it. And then they're already doing the next step that you need. There's uh, probably no better feeling in the world than than just being on the same page and really getting stuff done. So, man, we're gonna we're gonna open it up and get into the heart of this thing. I'm gonna open up to some questions for you guys that uh, I haven't told you before, but I want to have some answers here to, to to get some stuff. Um, Every time, you know, Trent. 
what, what every time Trent, what's the, what's the worst example of an officer and enlisted relationship that you have ever had? And I want you to name, name, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta go. Look for them in the show guys, notes on my, the website. <laughs> yeah. Check the, check the YouTube channel. We're going to be putting subtitles on, on Trent <laughs> for his face right there. No, but Trent, can you, can you just, you know, talk through, you know, in, in vague terms, just talk about some of those things like, Hey, this was the, this was an example of a pretty bad relationship and this is how I, how I worked through it. Most importantly, how did you work through it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, when you, the, the, the problem is sometimes I've had a, an emotional team sergeant and an emotional, uh, team leader at the same time that have a hard time getting along. Um, and, and so I get it. It's sometimes it's difficult as a senior NCO to get a brand new officer on, on deck and, and be like, this is the way that we do things. And he disagrees vehemently. Uh, I don't know how to say that right, Brian, you're the college person. Um, Good night, it's, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, oh, oh, it's not the way that you said it. Yeah. <laughs> vehemently. They disagree. Uh, it's early. That's a subtitle um, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You put the, uh, it sounds like you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable there, but it, continue. <laughs> yeah. But and, and then the, the the problem is is when they bring that back out to the team and everybody knows. So it's mom and dad are fighting and you're like a staff sergeant on team trying to keep your little guys together and moving forward. And essentially what happened in that situation is that the team sergeant was delegated down to a lower level. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? So, so the, uh, all the yeah. execution was done at a lower level while mom and dad were fighting. And uh, it, it's, it's just real toxic. If, and it, it's happened a few times. You see, like, you know, people fighting about stuff in front of the guys. And uh, it, it just all it does is, is lowers that level of you have to find someone in that chain, uh, in the enlisted chain, that's willing to, like, be calm and execute things and give advice and uh, go out there and execute the mission. Uh, but, like, it, it should never happen, guys. It's... Like like a Peach was saying, you got you got to do stuff behind closed doors. Uh, you can't go out there and micromanage, like Brian was saying, and um, you have to have that that relationship. We call it the chain of command for a reason. I'm going to tangent here for a second, uh, but trust is everything. And if you don't have that trust at the team sergeant, team uh, leader level, uh, the team leader can't go to the boss and and say my guys are capable of doing all these things. So he has to trust the team sergeant. Team sergeant has to connect that chain down with the guys below him and say. These are the reasons that we're doing things and develop his uh, NCOs to understand why uh, the officer side of the house is asking us to do certain things and, and just keep that connection going and all that communication. So communication and trust is, is vital and uh, maybe sometimes keeping your feelings out of the team room is, uh, is the key to everything. Yeah. For sure, and, and you brought up a good point there, and I, we've kind of like danced around it a couple of times. Peach has men- mentioned it before, but that's that's your job too. Is like as a subordinate, kind of is like a mid mid management sort of guy. Your job is to be able to explain commander's intent in a way that the people beneath you want to follow and and complete that that intent. They want to satisfy that intent. So you can't walk out of that room and just like Peach has said earlier, you can't walk out and be like, "All right, guys, I don't know why we're doing this, and it's dumb, but we're just <laughs> going to do it." Like that is that is poor leadership, like one oh one. Just from the very beginning. So, on on the flip side of that coin, Peach, what's the what's the best officer enlisted relationship that you've ever worked for, and what were some hallmarks? Like, why why would you say? So, I want you to tell us, like, hey, this is the best one, but then tell me why it was so good. Okay, so I I've actually worked for some pretty awesome officers. Um, so there there's only been probably two that I can think of that were not great, but um, the the biggest thing was. Or there, there are a couple, you know, benchmarks or hallmarks, if you will. 
there's trust, which that goes into any relationship, right? So I could talk about trust, but we're, we'd just be regurgitating other, other stuff. So what I would say, and what I, what me and my last officer did was we set expectations for each other right off the bat. Like if we met obviously, and then within a week, we both came to each other, sat down for, I don't know, probably two hours and going like, Hey, here's who I am. Here's mm-hmm. who you are. The, you know, here's our backgrounds. Here's our philosophies, the way we think, sir, these are my ex. And I had them written down. Like, these are my expectations from you. I'm picturing and, that you have them written down on your hand, no. just the way that you made them. You're, you're gonna have to look. I want to like, talk about number are... two specifically. <laughs> it's all sweaty and yeah. down. There's not a lot of space for notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's not I, a lot of space for notes. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I need you to command the fork. Oh no, that says force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, but I would also say, hey, these these are my expectations of you. These are what you can expect from me. Now what, and then he would, he would give me exactly what his expectations are and what he, you know, essentially promises that he will do. And, and that, that transparency and that support and understanding that, man, what we are there for, which is ensuring the team's ready to go to combat, execution, executing well in combat and bringing everybody back home. Like that's huge. And that was our primary goal. And it just it just really worked well and so um you know with my next commander that i mean i i don't know if i'll end up going to that job or not but uh you know i just my next commander same thing i'm gonna show up hey sir nice to meet you here it is here's my expectations so what do you want from me what what are your what are your lines of effort what are your your lines of operations like what are your priorities like let's do it Right. Like give me some left and right so that I can go crush this for you. Perfect. So, so Brian, I, I want you to kind of hit the middle ground of this one, right? So Trent talked bad and, and Peaches talked good, but you know, what, what's an example of like some, uh, some give and take that you've had to make? Like, do you have any stories about compromising with one of your officer leaders and, and how did you feel after that, that kind of back and forth? Yeah. So I think one of the big things is we're talking in like idealistic terms here, as far as what you should convey as an officer and how you should do your duty as an enlisted person. And we all know that life in general, whenever you actually show up, it happens and everything's not going to be perfect. You're going to screw something up. You're not going to do a report in time or the way that the person was kind of uh, picturing it happening. So, you know, I've dealt with some of those people that were micromanagers and some of those people that kind of just let you do whatever you wanted to do as, as long as, you know, you stayed within legal bounds. So that, there's a wide spectrum of officers that you're going to run into. But for those micromanagers and those people that are like always kind of just down your throat and they're expecting you to really produce and turn in certain things on time, you have to look for those things that are at the top of their radar. So, um, for example, there was a, you know, when I was down at Indoc, there were some people that they basically wanted me to do these amount of paperwork for the people that were getting eliminated, the people that were um, going to the dorms and tracking that kind of thing. And if I mm-hmm. could track them and tell them, hey, this is what I got. These are the people that are going to be going here. These people that are going to be going there. You know, for the most part, that was like the biggest thing that they really even cared about. So I took care of that stuff. And then aside from that, obviously there are a lot of other inner workings that were down at the shop. 
So I take care of that stuff after I'm done. So really putting in order of priority according to, you know, what's the highest visibility, what's going to show up on red on the commanders and everyone's going to be hitting me up about, and it's going to create more work if I don't just knock this stuff out now. So knocking that stuff out is huge and just prioritizing. So I used to have like a chart, put obviously things that I need to do on top first and then work my way down from there. And then I can go home once I have like three or four things left on the, on the checklist. So, cause that stuff was for later. The ever expanding to do list. I don't know. I've never like, until I got into the military, I've never known that a to do list can grow exponentially throughout the day. You think like, okay, this morning I'm going to write this to do list down and then I'll get it done. No, yeah. that's and not, that's you not log, how it works. You try to log in your computer and you're like, CAC's expired. Uh, oh, uh, let's do a whole new thing. I'm going to go down to the freaking office now and spend two I hours. I got to go do my PHA. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. So, I mean, stuff always comes up. Like we're saying, no, nothing's ideal and doesn't turn out exactly like you want it to be. So um, that's one way for those guys. And then, you know, on the other side, you just have to be that person that is as long as you are doing the right thing, you know your job, just like Pete was saying, and you're headed in the right direction um, as what whatever they told you that you they wanted you to be doing, then you can't, you're in a defensible position at least. And you can say, sir, this is what I was doing. You know, this is what I was taking care of. If you want me to reprioritize, then I'll reprioritize and take care of these things or that kind of thing. So you guys are both on the same page and there's always going to be confusion. Maybe he'll say, oh, I thought I told you that I wanted this and that. Like, okay. No problem. I can readjust and fix some stuff. So there's always just that communication, kind of like Trent was saying, you know, just communication, making sure that we're heading the right direction and on the same page with everything. And that will be huge. Yeah. yeah I think and, he, and it might be. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. Or uh, Aaron, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, you know, he just was, uh, you know, you might have to change your own leadership style as well. You might have to, you know, change up the way that you do things, just like Brian was saying. Like, if you have an officer that cares about, you know, one, you know, priorities one, two, and three. If those aren't your priorities, it really doesn't matter. You got to knock those out for for the boss and, and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and, and I, just the Brian touched on a little bit. The if you're doing the right thing, like if you're already doing the right thing, your decision's pretty simple. Like I mean, it's it's already laid out for you. I'm doing the right thing. Drive on. You know, and then there's no question of morality or ethics or anything like that. You just do the right thing and execute. See? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Trent, do you ever want to be an officer? Well, I, I did <laughs> until we started doing this podcast. And then I was like, <laughs> nope. Oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Fantastic. Peach, what about you, man? Did you ever want to be an officer? Did you ever consider it? Yeah, so... Um, when, <laughs> sounds like a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> when I was... Um, at my first assignment, I just... I was like, yeah, I think, I think I'd go be an officer. But that was, I, like, I quickly got over that. I, that was only like a, a three-month uh, stint where I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then it was like, oh, no, actually, I'm having way too much fun doing this. Like, I, I, right. man, I... I like working. It doesn't mean that officers don't work. Like they, they do. They absolutely work. But I'm talking about like I like being in the trenches, friggin' uh, sweating, just going ham on stuff. You know, like that's that's my comfort zone. Um, and I like, and I look at it, and this is, I'm, I'm gonna try and bring it around full circle here. But here, we, like, here we go. Yeah, it's bring like it uh, on, baby. It's like the trash can. 
right? Trash cans overflowing. And you have some people that just walk right by it because they're like, oh, well, I've, I've arrived. I've made it. I've, that's beneath me. Someone else I'll, will do it. Someone else will do it. It's like, I don't care if you're an officer, you're enlisted, if you're the commander, if you're the brand new person at the unit. You better get that trash. You better take it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm the same way. Like, if I walk by it, I damn well better go grab that trash and take it out. And that's a very simplistic way of putting things. But I think you can really tell a lot about somebody, or at least their character, if you if they're willing to just walk by stuff. Now, obviously, there's you know other circumstances where, hey, I'm on the way to a meeting, or there's people are in a hurry, and like, I don't have time to sit there and take out the trash. I'll get it when I come back. But you know, in a, generally speaking, I think you can tell a lot about somebody um, if they're willing to just walk by trash and not pick it up or not take it out because they think that oh, well, that someone else will do it or one of the junior people will take it. Like that's BS, I think. Well, can I caveat off that real quick? Is the the, the number of people that join our community with bachelor's degrees and choose to be enlisted? Mm-hmm. Is really really high, and this is I only bring it up because I've been I've been getting this question quite a bit lately, and guys are like, "Well, if I have my degree, why wouldn't I just go be an officer?" And it's like, "Well, look into Cause it because they're, they're different jobs, right? Because like, like they're they're completely different career fields across the board, right?" And so there's a fair number of people that make that uh, that decision with their eyes open that I'd rather be enlisted at least uh, for like the first ten years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we had Ivy League dudes in my class and yeah. we had them going through in yep. doc as I was an instructor. Like I'd tell them, obviously counting off is one of the things that we do. And they obviously never had any problems with any of that kind of stuff. They'd actually tell me like, why'd you, they um, why'd you make them uh, do it by sevens instead of do it by eights? Because we have this many people and they could have done it this way. And it's like, drop, drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just earned yourself some extra training. All right. Well, tell me, tell me this, college boy. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many inches are those fins supposed to be above the water? <laughs> You're so smart. How come you can didn't you, know you couldn't do an underwater? <laughs> can you count that? What's uh, so? What's the drag coefficient of full BDUs on a water session? <laughs> We're about to find out. What about button pockets versus unbutton pockets? What do I do then? Well, no, I don't know how to get any of this done. <laughs> But what Peach was saying with uh, taking care of the small things, that's going to be huge. Like throughout everything that you do, like taking care of the trash. Um, anytime you go up and talk to any of your enlisted person, if you're actually paying attention, listening to them, like shake people's hands, look them in the eye, that whole mm-hmm. thing, it tells you the genuineness of the person and whether or not you're going to be full of yourself or you're just like, well, I have to say hi to him. Hey, how's it going? And then you move on kind of thing, or you're actually like there to care about the person that's right there in front of you. So all those little things are huge in an officer. And if I first meet somebody and they're like that, then I'm like, okay, well, I kind of see where this person's at as far as they're thinking of me or thinking of um, the rest of the guys. So that's, yeah. Huge. And that's, that's cool. Well, that's kind of like a different thing too, is like, you're always going to find your own leadership style and it, it might not be right away. So quick as enlisted dudes, especially for, you know, kind of in that E6, you know, senior E5, E6, and especially E7, you, you make that first impression, that first six months of, of an officer. And you kind of forget the fact that you're supposed to help them get there. You're supposed to help that junior captain get all the way to where they're that solid leader that you want to work for. And I think too quickly, sometimes guys, especially in our career fields, will will take that initial snapshot and they'll be like, 
I've been hiding by this trash bag for eight minutes trying to see who would take it. And he walked, <laughs> he walked by it. I can't believe it. This guy is terrible. Well, I mean, did you take him aside and be like, hey, sir, that's not how we do things here. Let me help you. Like, that's your job as a senior NCO, both in the senior NCO tier and as a senior like E6, like as an as an NCO that has seniority, you're supposed to help those young lieutenants and those young captains out because how else are they supposed to know? Right. And if whether you're at ANS, you're on a team or you're part of a, a command leadership team, like if you guys can't get along and can't work through three work through things and progress the unit, the unit's going to suffer, the unit's going to fail. So you two, the officer and the enlisted, have both failed the entire unit. And yep. I, I mean, that's, that's terrible. Like, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You hate to see it, Phil. You hate to see it when it happens, but it definitely does happen when command teams aren't using, uh, you know, aren't, aren't using those tools that have been given to them. They're not seeking out help. They're not trying to make each other better. They don't have that trust or that intimacy that they need to be an effective command team. It can just shatter a team. Um, you know, especially from uh, back in the day, Brian, when, when you were down at, at ANS, what was the, do you remember like a pronounced example of an ANS team or an INDOC team, you know, back in the day um, of failing because of that officer enlisted relationship? Or maybe, you know, maybe it was a toxic officer or maybe a toxic NCOIC. Like, do you remember a specific example? Um, all right, I put me on the spot trying to remember all these teams in the back. So <laughs> I think, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do as an officer is come prepared um, because I, I've seen it actually over the past couple of years, a lack of preparedness from the officer standpoint. And we used to talk about it all the time, joke about it whenever it came to an officer, like all these guys show up and they could barely pass the pass test or they just like marginally passed. And we kind of, you know, when we were going through, we saw officers as like, they were Greek gods when they showed up and they were just complete studs. They were unfazable in any iteration of training. And, you know, we had some that have kind of even failed the past when they showed up and they've, they're given extra chances because they've already gone through an additional selection. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about that whole selection portion and whether or not it was effective. But the main point of this is that if you're going to be an officer and going into, you know, the selection phase, you're going to be in charge of all these guys and you need to be the example for them to follow because just like said, lead by example, that's always, always said anywhere you go. Um, this is especially true whenever you go to selection. So if you show up and you've already failed the pass test, how much confidence do you think your team is going to have in you, not only just making decisions every day, but decisions that are going to affect their lives? You can't keep control of the things that were in your control before you showed up, which are working out and you know eating right and doing all that kind of stuff, then how can you be an effective leader when you show up right there? So automatically you already have that amount of distrust amongst the, the team because they just see you as kind of an S bag that you couldn't come prepared. So <laughs> did you say S bag? S bag? Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> how about a know, turd? This is, this is a PG show, a turd, whatever. Don't, yeah, turd, so, don't, don't, don't be a turd. turd. Yeah, like, it's, it's easy, but Brian, yeah. you bring up a good point about the, um, you know, people that take care of themselves. Have you guys ever noticed how, how at least Americans anyway, and I, and I think pretty much the world puts people who are in shape on a pedestal. Um, oh man, know, our career field but, is the worst. You could be the worst dude in the world. Be like, guys, a stud though. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> That's not where I would go with that. But, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it, it just, it's talking about like, Hey, 
people that are able to get their own lives together and have their have their poop in one bag, if you will. <laughs> Turds in one their, bag. But there's yeah. the S, S bag is, that S we were just talking bag. about. Yeah. Yeah, all their S's in one bag. <laughs> so if you, could, if you, you, you <laughs> good God, I'm losing it here. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, you're losing control, man. Somebody, you know why? It's because we don't have an officer. Like enlisted men should not be left. <laughs> enlisted men should not be Brian. Go put on that stupid container. Yeah. I don't have it yet. I can do whatever I want. Zero responsibility. Well, we are a sly and cunning beast that bears considerable watching. That is a great quote. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. I, I lost it, man. I don't know where I was going. Anyway, no. we tend well, to idolize or uh, you know put people on pedestals that are in shape because they appear to have their stuff together. Maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them don't. But get your stuff together and and don't be comfortable. Well, and it. It works just as well on that enlisted side, too. Oh, yeah. like if, when, it, when it comes time for that first time to be like, you need to get all this stuff onto that bus to go over to Finn right now. You have two minutes. The first time that you have an NCO just kind of like freeze, be like, like it's the worst. <laughs> you're, you're just like all credibility out the window. Like it's a simple move, man. Make some stuff happen. Trent, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say like, because I was thinking about this the other day about the weight thing. If you cut me off in traffic or something and you're a fit person, <laughs> I'm probably going to give you a pass. But you know, like that person that cuts you off and I look in there and it's like just empty Burger King bags and you're like 400 pounds. My brain goes to terrible places. Like my, my, my judgment goes off the charts. Because it's like that person obviously has nothing to do other than wait in the Burger King line. And the fit yeah. person is going to be productive somewhere. I'm like, oh, they're probably just, you know, in a rush to get to work or whatever. Like, cool, cool. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't wait. care if they're hot or if they're in shape or not. Like, like, hey, man. Look, I, the level I'm of my anger. That, I'm not somebody that you can just like. I can't I wait. Blow it off. The, like it's like okay, the, whatever. But I don't care what you look like, man. Treat people with respect. One of the chapter markers has to be Trent's biased against fat people in this episode. That Trent doesn't like people who aren't in shape. Yeah, hey, cancel culture. You're gonna get canceled. You better, hey, better watch it. <laughs> That's you're fine. done. That, you're, that Twitter account is never going to get that blue check mark now. <laughs> Look, all you people that are upset at Adele for losing weight, you can go ahead and cancel me. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like a good place to wrap it up. Today. Oh, boy. Oh, well, it's been <laughs> fun. It's been fun doing our last episode. So it's no. been fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm Senior Airman Love signing off. <laughs> But seriously, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. As we talked about those officer enlisted relationships, remember we talked about all those things that you're going to need to interface with that boss, with that officer, with that next line supervisor in order for you guys to work as a command team. So just like Brian said, we're peacocks. You got to let them fly. But overall, the officer's in charge, or uh, the NCO's in charge, and the officer's in command. So once again, thanks for coming back to the team room. I'm going to open it up for for some uh, parting shots from the guys. Peaches, what you got? Um, I don't have anything, but... Just remember, or I don't have anything. Obviously, I have something. I'm about to say something. I don't have <laughs> I don't, anything, but here's the I thing. I don't have anything cosmic that I haven't already said. But um, your, your team, trust each other, transparency, and communicate often. Yeah. Trent, what you got? Get to know each other. You're always going to find something in common. Developing that base relationship that you can build the trust and everything else off of. Um, you just got to spend some time together and get to know each other to build that, to make that team successful. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say thanks for my parting shot. Just thanks for everybody for listening to the podcast. Go rate, review, find us on socials, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, find us at One's Ready on Apple Podcasts. And and again, leave us a five-star review, put a comment in there, go to the YouTube channel, uh, check out the last uh, couple podcasts that we did. They've been great topics and we got some more guests coming out, some more exclusive YouTube content. So make sure to go check out that stuff and I'll turn it over to Brian to close us out. All right. Thanks again for everybody uh, listening to the episode. We really appreciate you guys. Just like Aaron was saying, go hit up all those links and we're always here for you guys um, to help you out and let us know how you're progressing through the pipeline. We always like to hear stories of what's going on and kind of how you guys are implementing some of these things that we're talking about um, because this is the team right here. So um, today we're talking about officer enlisted relationships. So in that, in that Avenue, make sure that the officer is the person, first of all, show up ready to go and be the leader on the team and exemplify what you want your people to um, perform like and then give the direction don't micromanage um, let the people fail let them uh, figure out their left and rights as far as the team and if you're that enlisted person you need to know your left and rights and always be in that correct lane where you can be in a defensible position and you can always say i'm doing the right thing i'm trying to help and you're always busting your butt to make sure that team um, performs effectively so and with that, just like Trent was saying, you guys always need to know whether you're an officer or enlisted and you're in charge of anything, a leadership role, then you need to actually pay attention to your guys, know what they're feeling, know what they're doing, know what they're thinking, know where everything is supposed to go, know everyone's um, job and what kind of place they should be doing. Because just as you work up like you're a ship captain, you have to know what they're doing on the bottom lo- level deck. That way, if you give an order, then you could be like, oh, that's going to probably take them about you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes or whatever, but be realistic and know that they're trying to learn their jobs. Everyone's trying to learn. So, um, just know a little bit about it, but don't micromanage it. Um, the other thing is, um, just like we were talking about with the, uh, messing up and showing up, you always want to outperform and do your best to, uh, like I said, exemplify the leadership position. If you guys, um, have any questions or you want to hit us up, you're at ANS right now, you can always hit us up at the Instagram or email. Um, We're always there for you guys. So again, thank you for listening to the episode and we will catch you guys on the next one. We'll see you. Train, Train hard.